Raised to Walk Podcast, Episode 10. Welcome to the Raised to Walk Podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6, verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. So what is the purpose of discerning of spirits? It's, as I mentioned before, it's one of the gifts of the spirit, and the King James Version translates it as discerning of spirits, and the English Standard Version translates it as distinguished between spirits, and I think both of those are true and really good descriptions of that particular gift. So, as with all spiritual gifts, the purpose is to build up the body of Christ, and when you're a believer, each person is given a gift that's meant to work in coordination with those of other believers. And so, because of that, Paul instructs the church in 1 Thessalonians 5.19 to quench not the spirit. And the discerning of spirits plays a role in building up believers to be mature in their faith, And it's also, it's a way that they can test the source and prove what is good. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, it says, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. And in 1 John 4.1, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And as I mentioned before, just because somebody has a supernatural experience, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily from God. And it specifically, the Bible specifically states in that particular verse, as well as other ones, that there are deceiving spirits and that that even Satan himself can appear as an angel of light. And just as an example, whether you believe that Joseph Smith actually had an encounter or not, whether or not he did have or believed he had an encounter, or whether you think it was all a complete fabrication, if he even if he did have an encounter, it doesn't necessarily mean that it was from God. It could the things that he had in his revelations are actually in complete opposition to what the word of God says and a lot of the things that he has said uh have been proven to be untrue, you know, there and in the 1800s when this was going down, it was understandable if People for people to believe that uh, when he said, "Well, you know, it's the Bible. It's not really what it actually says. It's been corrupted over time." That's that was an. It was understandable that some people would believe that in the 1800s because we didn't have the internet. If somebody comes and sounds like they're authoritative, then people have a tendency to believe them, but. Now we know that that is absolutely not true. I mean, we have absolute, not that they didn't know that then, but the average person wouldn't necessarily have confidence to say that. But, you know, they have all the, uh, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, just one thing alone, it shows that that particular claim was a lie. So if something is actually from God, then it's going to be absolutely true. And it's not going to be disproved. And so 
Anyway, that's just one example of how people can be deceived by experiences um, that they have when if they're not questioning it and recognizing that something may not necessarily be from God, sometimes people don't question it and we have to keep that in mind. Then in Philippians nineteen ten or one nine through ten it says, And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless in, until the day of Christ. Discerning of spirits is actually being able to sense, to, to see, to see or to recognize when a spirit is there. Discernment is being able to tell what's what. And as I mentioned before, discernment's more has to do with wisdom and character development. And this verse is kind of talking about that. Um, this verse talks about it as well. Hebrews five fourteen. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. And then in 1 Kings 3, 9, it says, So give your, give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to do, distinguish between right. So we have to remember that there are some people who, you know, we think, oh, wow, they're really gifted, or they really experience God. We can experience God and not have very good judgment and wisdom. And it may not play out in our actions all that well. So it's not just enough to have the experience or to hear from God. We have to actually continue to train ourselves and to want to walk in his will. And to take that information and to apply it properly. Another purpose of the gift of discerning of spirits is for intercession. It, it talks about in the in the Bible. It talks about the Bereans who tested everything for truth and, you know, had a lot of discernment. Most of the things that I've personally experienced haven't had to do with testing the veracity of the spirit behind something or uh, doctrinal truth or anything. But it it was more of um, a notifier or a wake-up call to be praying for the person or the situation or for a specific place. So if it wasn't something, actually some of the things, the moves of the Holy Spirit, I've, I've been able to tell that's, for example, like praying for salvation for somebody, you know, like telling, you know, being able to tell that's what it is. Other times, you know, being able to, to discern uh, something that's not of God. You know, that's kind of a, that's a call for intercession too. The, the question is discerning of spirits necessary for today. Now, there's a big controversy in the, or it's a big controversy for some people. Some people argue that the gifts of the spirit aren't for today. That the only reason that they were given was because it was up until the time of the, okay, so let's go back and kind of look at what the the Word of God is. So the Word of God is, these are inspired by the, the, the books of the Bible. They're written by men, but they're inspired by God. The Old Testament in the Christian Bible is actually the Jewish Bible, which is the Tanakh. So the New Testament was accounts. Um, the first four Gospels were accounts from eyewitnesses. And then the book of Acts is a history of the church, how, how it got started. And then the next 
set of books up until the book of Revelation is about their epistles to the church. Their letters written to the church by Paul and uh, John and Peter to encourage them and to give instruction on how to walk out their faith. And then John, the revelation was the uh, was basically a vision that the Apostle John had when he was on the island of Patmos. There was the Old Testament was already established, and it had been the books of the Bible. There were at the birth of Christ there were there had been four hundred years of silence where there were no p- prophetic words. So we have the Old Testament, and then the Catholic Church the Council of Trent, they came into agreement on the canon of scripture, like what books were actually inspired. So I think it was the book of Hebrews. It was, there was a little bit of debate about that one. And I think it was primarily because they weren't sure if Paul wrote it or if it was one of his, it, it was a contemporary of Paul because it mentions like Timothy in the, in the book, but it calls Timothy a, a brother and, and Paul usually Paul usually spoke of him as his son. So some people say that the spiritual gifts were only necessary until the time when the canon of scripture was decided, was agreed upon. And then they weren't necessary after that because we then we had the established word of God and, and that that was all that we need. It kind of puzzles me that why the thought that God gives spiritual gifts to believers to help them grow and to be more effective in their walk with people, walk bothers people. I totally don't agree with this cessation. It, it talks, you know, it talks all the way through scriptures that Jesus, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it says the gifts are without repentance. And it says that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is a foretaste of the glory and the inheritance that God has given us. It's a foretaste of future glory. That's what it says. That that's what the purpose is. And if the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in us, and we believe in the Trinity and that the Holy Spirit is God, then why is the, why are the gifts such an issue? Why is that such a, a stumbling block to people that it just like, no, 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 no we can't do that. I, I don't, I, it's just, it just puzzles me that you really have to make scripture complicated to come walk away with the belief that the gifts ended. It doesn't even make sense. Why go through all that and talk so much about the spiritual gifts? And then in throughout the New Testament, it's prophesied in the Old that he would, it's said in Isaiah that he would give his people gifts. It's, it, you know, they explain that in the New, that that's what it meant. When it lines out the New Testament, the offices of the church, nobody has an issue with a pastor or a teacher. But when it talks about the apostle and evangelist, people get a little, and the prophet, that's another office, they get a little nervous about that. They don't really like that. They'll keep the two, but throw out the three. The gifts, same kind of thing. I don't think any church out there would argue with the gift of giving or the gift of serving or administration or of teaching. But when you get into the power gifts, like words of knowledge, prophecy, people really freak out about tongues, interpretation of tongues, that's like one that people really get nervous about. Then they start wanting to kind of cut those out. The discerning of spirits is another one of those where if they interpret it as discernment, which I don't agree that it's 
I think it's pretty clear that it's not. They're okay with it. But discerning a spirits, they kind of don't want to look at. It's like people kind of have an attitude about we're comfortable with the Holy Spirit. Angels are kind of moving on to the outside edge of what most of us are comfortable with. But when you get into demonic and all that, then they start sweating it a little bit. And they don't want to deal with it. But the reality is, and if you and if you read the New Testament, it tells us what our struggle is. It's about spiritual wickedness in the high places. It's about this, this, it's spiritual warfare. And so you may not want to deal with it, but it doesn't mean it's not going to be dealing with you. And if you don't even acknowledge that that's even a problem, you're, it's, it's like you don't know who the enemy is. You're going to be fighting at windmills. It's, you're going to be completely ineffective in your spiritual walk because, I mean, not that you don't love God, but you're not, I just don't even understand how you can have any victory at all if you don't even know what you're fighting against. This, I thought, was a really great quote from an article on discerning of spirits. And I think it makes a really valid point that highlighting Jesus' own words on the necessity of it and the role it will play in the end times. Meaning, if God stopped the gifts, he's basically leaving us hanging in the wind in the time that they would, we would need them most. So this is a quote from the article. It says, In the Olivet Prophecy, the disciples asked Jesus to reveal the sign of his return. Jesus does not give one sign, but several. And at the top of the list, he warns the disciples of deception and follows it up with warnings of false prophets, false miracles, and the warning not to be deceived. And this is covered in Matthew 24, 4-5, through 24, 11, and then chapters 23, Matthew 23-26. through 26. So we deduce from this last warning that false Christian ministers and ministries will have the capability of performing convincing lying wonders and signs. These false ministers will dis- demonstrate power, occult power, for the specific purpose of leading all people astray, including the most sincere believer. We have a clear warning from the Apostle Paul that the battles we face on a daily basis cannot be won by conventional weapons that we can attain from the world. The weapons we must seek should be spiritual, having the power to destroy arguments in every false claim that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and God's word. And that's in Second Corinthians ten three through 5 If you'd like to read more about discerning of spirits, you can visit raisetowalk.org and look under topics for discerning of spirits for a series of articles on this gift. For the full article and resources for this particular episode, you can visit raisetowalk.org slash p10. And now let's close with a short prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your love for us and for your individual gifts for each one who believe in your son. And Lord, help us to recognize what our gift is, to grow and develop in it, and not to be afraid of what you've given us but to be bold and to use it in the work of the kingdom. And I pray all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Raised to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.